الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد أرسلنا إلى أمم من قبلك فأخذناهم بالبأساء والضراء لعلهم يتضرعون فلولا إذ جاءهم بأسنا تضرعوا ولكن قست قلوبهم وزين لهم الشيطان ما كانوا يعملون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لم تظهر الفاحشة في قوم قد حتى يعلنوا بها إلا فشا فيهم الطاعون والأوجاع التي لم يكن مضت في أسلافهم الذين مضوا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters Currently throughout the world The topic of discussion is the virus that has become an issue for everybody So the whole world is reacting to it People who have no Iman, they are also reacting to it. And people with Iman are also reacting to it. As people of Iman, there is a very different outlook to everything compared to those who have no Iman. A person who does not have Iman, he looks at things on a very shallow note, on a very surface level. The scientists will say that there is a certain issue that has happened, it is because of this, that and the other. There has been a storm because some atmospheric pressures dropped and whatever else and therefore the storm became very severe and there was a tsunami or there was some tornado, whatever other issues there might be. There was an earthquake because of some movement in the earth. So that is where science will go and stop. And that is where the person without Iman goes and stops. But the person with Iman doesn't stop at these points which can only be seen and which the people of the world stop at. But the person with Iman, he starts off at the point where his Iman begins. And where does our Iman begin? In the Quran Sharif, right at the beginning, Allah Ta'ala says, Alif Lam Mim Dhalik Al Kitabu La Fi that our whole Iman is on ghaib. We believe in Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is unseen to us. We believe in the Akhirat which is unseen. We have full Iman in all the things that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif which Rasulullah has mentioned to us in the Ahadith and a very very big amount of all those Aspects that have been detailed to us are all in the unseen. Jannat is not seen. We haven't seen Jannat. We have full Iman in it. We haven't seen Jahannam. We have full Iman in it. We haven't seen the angels. We have full Iman in the existence of the angels. And likewise all the various other maghibat, things of the unseen, that's where our Iman commences. Iman in the unseen. And when we have Iman in the unseen, we have Iman that Allah Ta'ala is the creator, is the sustainer, is the controller. Everything happens only by his command, by his will. Everything is in his knowledge. 
ولا حبت في ظلمات الارض ولا رتب ولا يابس الا في كتاب مبين not a single leaf falls from any tree and there is not a single particle in the depths of the earth and nothing small or big except everything is in the knowledge of allah taala so allah taala alone is the doer allah taala is the controller allah taala created insan allah taala created everything in this universe and everything is in his will and power now this is the starting point of our iman so many things happen in the world many issues come about as insan we do become affected by things if there is a fire allah forbid if that fire engulfs somebody's house it could burn it down engulfs somebody's business the fire will burn it down allah forbid if somebody is inside that house they could burn to death so these are things that happen in the dunya this is dunya the place of means so allah taala has created dunya in this manner that dunya is darul asbab is a place of means but we don't forget allah taala that the means are not above allah taala naudzubillah that the means they act on their own accord no as mu'minin as people with iman we have total belief and complete faith that the means are totally in the control of allah taala when allah taala wills then that means will have the effect that allah taala has placed in it and if allah taala wills that effect will be withheld and in many instances this iman is taught to us ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's incident he's thrown into the fire of namrud but nothing happens we have been taught that look this is a means but this means is in allah taala's control and it does not have any existence of its own accord it is something that will happen by the will of allah taala when allah taala wills it won't burn the knife is a means of cutting so a person won't deliberately put himself in the fire put his hand in the fire or take the knife and cut his hand but if allah taala wills then that will happen if allah taala does not will then despite the force that a person can cut with ibrahim alayhi salam used the force to try and cut ismail salatu salam but nothing happened so this is the starting point of our aqeedah and belief that we must have a very clear conscience about this very clear aspect in our hearts and minds that everything happens with the will of allah taala alone and nothing can happen on its own accord only that will happen what allah taala has willed once once sahabi came to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he asked a question the question was that sometimes there is a herd of camels and then one camel which has some kind of rash or some kind of skin disease that camel comes and joins this herd and the word that he uses is that this herd their skin is like a deer meaning the deer buck people marvel at that color and whatever else now this camel the rest are so sort of healthy and everything is so perfect that they are looking like actually the skin is like deer whereas you can't compare a camel to a deer he is just giving how healthy those animals are and then he says that one animal which has contracted some disease comes and somehow mixes with this herd and a short while later all these camels that have been so healthy so well everything perfect and just suddenly you find that this disease has now caught on 
to them as well. So in other words, now he's asking this question that, how does this happen? So basically, what is our position in this regard? So Rasulullah sallallahu in response, asked a question. The answer was in the form of a question. فَمَنْ أَعْدَ In other words, you are trying to express that it was the first camel that passed on this disease to the second and then to the third. So ask yourself the question first, that where did the disease come on to the first camel? If the first camel gave it to the second and the second gave it to the third, so where did the first one get it from? So the answer is that the first one also got it from Allah Ta'ala's hukam and command. Allah Ta'ala willed it. And the second one also got it by the will of Allah Ta'ala. And the third one also got it by the will of Allah Ta'ala. And the fiftieth one also got it by the will of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the first part of that aqidah that must be very clear. There must be no doubt about our iman. And therefore, everything else now flows from that angle. It doesn't flow from any other angle. The question comes that, what about the precautions that one should take? Yes, just as a person will take a precaution from staying away from fire, a person will not mishandle a sharp knife. So if there are certain precautions to take, which apparently on the level of means can become a difficulty for somebody, so those precautions will be taken without the aqidah being affected in any way. So that is, in that regard, whatever reasonable precautions need to be taken, those reasonable precautions are in place. There is nothing much to say about that. Everybody knows whatever precautions they need to take, which are reasonable steps. So that's that's something clear cut. There is no need to go into all those details. It's common knowledge. And again, just repeating that whatever reasonable steps, whatever reasonable interventions have to be taken, on a level of precaution, on a level of means, that's fine. But our discussion is from a different perspective right now, is not just on the level of what the apparent means are. We have to go further than that. In terms of these occurrences that happen in dunya, we don't look at things just on the surface. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with iman. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this yaqeen and conviction that everything happens with the will of Allah Ta'ala. So we don't look at things just on the surface. We go beyond that. What is beyond that? What we learn from the ahadith, and in fact what we learn from the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif already, first and foremost from the Qur'an Sharif, and then the further details in the ahadith of Rasulullah that things that happen in dunya, these are linked to the a'mal, to the actions of people. What kind of actions they are getting involved in, that brings about certain kinds of conditions. Now there are many things mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif, in the ahadith of Rasulullah which highlight this. There are some ayat of the Qur'an Sharif which are very general in this regard. For example, the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Zahar al-fasadu fil barri wal bahri bima kasabat aydin nas. That this corruption, corruption is in all different forms. So, life gets completely disrupted. This is a kind of issue as well. Difficulties, hardships, calamities, challenges of various sorts. All this is included in it. Allah Ta'ala says this corruption has appeared on the lands and on the seas bima kasabat aydin nas due to the actions of people. Now the whole world can say whatever they want but we have this iman in the Quran Sharif and this is our starting point and this is unfortunately 
the very tragic situation that where we also just stop where the rest of the world stops, we don't stop for a moment to reflect that what are we supposed to be doing, how we are supposed to be reflecting on the situation, what steps we should be taking, are we also going to just stop where everybody else stops, then that's a very tragic situation. So here in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, ظَهَرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِ النَّاسِ لِيُذِيقَهُمْ بَعْضَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ That this all has happened due to the actions of people. And Allah Ta'ala says, so that they get to taste a little bit of what they have done. The consequences of their actions, a little bit. They taste a little bit of the consequences, so that perhaps, hopefully, this will make them return to Allah Ta'ala. This will make them come back to Allah Ta'ala. Now, for so long, we have been hearing things happening in China, and then happening in other parts of the world, and in Italy, and here, and there, and everywhere. All the while, while all this was happening, did it move us towards some amal, towards istighfar, towards toba? Then it hit our shores. And then it became a kind of panic situation for many people. But in all that panic, whatever, while there's no need for any panic in reality, but in any case, in all that panic, or whatever people's reactions were, has it moved us to reflect on these ayat? Has it moved us to reflect upon our amal? So Allah Ta'ala is saying, لِيُذِيقَهُمْ بَعْدَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ So that they get to taste a bit of their actions, the consequences of their actions, so that they may turn back to Allah Ta'ala. They don't just carry on heedlessly in whatever they are up to. In another ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, which is more specific, Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمَمٍ مِّن قَبْلِكَ in Surah Al-An'am, Allah Ta'ala says to Rasulullah that we sent our messengers to the nations before you also, the nations of the past. Allah Ta'ala sent various Anbiya various messengers. And then Allah Ta'ala says that these Anbiya when they gave the message, but the people just totally ignored it. They carried on without any concern, doing whatever they wished, not bothered about Allah Ta'ala's commands. So Allah Ta'ala says, فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ بِالْبَأْسَاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ Ba'sa, the Mufassireen explained Ba'sa to mean the difficulties and challenges, the problems that come in wealth. And Darra refers to illnesses, sicknesses. So there were various consequences that came on their wealth, then in the form of illnesses, form of various other challenges of this nature. And Allah Ta'ala says, all this was brought about on them لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَضَرَّعُونَ so that they will turn to Allah Ta'ala in utmost humility and beseech Allah Ta'ala now this was what the whole objective was so Allah Ta'ala then further says فَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا تَضَرَّعُوا but what happened was these people unfortunately totally ignored it they didn't bother they didn't give any consideration to what is the command of Allah Ta'ala what is the teachings of the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala they just carried on heedlessly. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, فَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا تَضَرَّعُوا That why did they not turn in earnest and humble repentance and dua and beseeching Allah Ta'ala? When these punishments came, when these afflictions happened, when this chastisement came from the side of Allah Ta'ala, why did they just carry on heedlessly? Why did they just carry on like nothing happened? And they just confined themselves to the signs and confined themselves to all the analysis and all the other various things that the rest of the people were going into, and they forgot Allah Ta'ala in this. 
ولكن قصد قلوبهم وزين لهم الشيطان ما كانوا يعملون their hearts became hardened their hearts were so hard that the nasihat and the advice didn't make any difference to them they just carried on headlong now what we understand very clearly from all this is that Allah Ta'ala is giving us this message that look your actions bring about consequences if a small community gets involved in certain things they will become the targets of certain reactions and if a bigger area starts getting involved in those things a country then they'll be inviting the wrath of Allah Ta'ala upon themselves and if the whole world goes in a certain direction which is wrong then now they're inviting international problems now these are the things that we need to look into that these things don't happen on their own accord it happens by the will of Allah Ta'ala and by the will of Allah Ta'ala these things are part of the system of dunya that when certain actions will happen there will be certain reactions now if we look within ourselves among the many many problems many many issues if we really summarize all the various sins that are taking place most of it will fall into one of two categories either it will fall in the category of zulm now generally we hear zulm we only think about some state oppression oppression from a level of a government or something of that level and that is the only zulm that we understand and we do understand if you have little bit of knowledge also that zulm is an extremely dangerous thing zulm has very severe consequences in the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu says that on the day of qiyamah also this will be a major problem but even in dunya it comes in the hadith that a person if he commits zulm then that consequence of that meets him in dunya already now if we look around us in our own lives how often we are guilty of zulm we are guilty of zulm maybe sometimes with our own parents how we deal with our parents sometimes that is tantamount to zulm on them sometimes how we deal with our children that is tantamount to zulm to our spouses how the spouse is treated either way often the tantamounts to zulm then in a very very unfortunately common situation how we treat our workers our domestics those working in our businesses very often this is zulm or the person sometimes made a mistake and something broke for example just one example now this is a very common problem unfortunately in businesses elsewhere if the person damaged something who is working for you that person is a employee and he damaged something by mistake one is deliberate damage person breaks something deliberately then he is responsible for it he is liable for it something happened just by mistake that person cannot be made liable for that now this is just one example how often unfortunately this still happens but some amount is deducted from the person's salary person is not paid his full due on some flimsy pretext or there's bad treatment in how the person is just treated like person is a subhuman or whatever the case might be now this is zulm but we don't give any thought to it that we are guilty of zulm if we are doing these kind of things now zulm brings very very major consequences so it's always that we look far away at somebody else what somebody else is doing but that somebody else is doing 
is far away. There's a lot of things happening very close to ourselves. Something happening, many things happening from ourselves. In many other ways, there's zulm. For example, if a person doesn't pay their zakat, now that itself in one hadith sharif is described that when zakat is not discharged, then the rains are withheld. There are so many other consequences. But this too is categorized under zulm in a way. Because by withholding that zakat, somebody who was a recipient, person entitled to it, we withheld it from him. Whoever it might have been, that person didn't get what he was entitled to. In general, those who were entitled to the zakat didn't reach them. So we have oppressed them in a way by holding back the zakat. Then for example, let us take the situation of family relationships, cutting family ties. Now, that in itself is a major problem. In one hadith sharif, which Imam Bukhari rahimahullah has related in his kitab, Adabul Mufrad, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is reported to have said, that, إِنَّ الرَّحْمَةَ لَا تَنزِلُ عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ فِيهِ قَاتِعُ رَحِيمٍ That the mercy of Allah Ta'ala does not descend upon a community among whom is somebody cutting off family ties. Now, in cutting family ties, it often tantamounts to some degree of zulm also, in various ways. It's not just so straightforward that, well, uh, I got nothing to do with the person. That itself is a big problem. But in many ways, it becomes zulm also, very often. Now, this too becomes a big problem for a person and becomes a problem for the whole community. Allah Ta'ala's rahmat is withheld. So, one is this very broad category of zulm in which so many things will find their way in there that they fall under this category of zulm and yet it is so common, so widespread nobody sometimes bats an eyelid that am I guilty of zulm how I spoke to somebody how I treated somebody how I looked down upon somebody how I created a problem for someone else just for my own agenda I want to get something out so I created a problem for that person, this person just to get that person out of the way so my path is clear for my dunya for my position in society, for my position in some family circle, for getting my way, there's some family issue. So now how to get my way? So I just work a plan in some way to just bump somebody else out. So now I whisper something in somebody's ear, whisper something against someone and create a problem for that person. So now others ostracize him, others get him out of the way or just just create a problem for him in some way or the other. But that's zulm. I'm making clear zulm on that person if I'm doing something like this. And unfortunately, these are common issues. How people treat their spouses sometimes is not short of a very high level of zulm. Now, the mind doesn't even go in this direction that this is zulm. It often is very clear zulm. And zulm brings major problems for people in dunya. So this is one major issue, the issue of zulm. Now, we need to sit and reflect. These are not times to just analyze what's going on, how many people got infected and what's going on in this part of the world and that part of the world. That's common news. A person tries to avoid knowing that news too, he'll get to know it. He doesn't have to go and look for that news anywhere. That is common news. The issue is, what are we supposed to do? So number one is to reflect. Reflect on all these things. Then the other aspect to reflect on, a very, very serious category of sin and vice, which is immorality shamelessness, fahsh. Now, there's so many different angles to this, but again, these things have become norms in society. It doesn't 
create any crease on the forehead also that what's going on and how much of immorality and vice has become prevalent in the ummah let alone those without iman they gone we can't even imagine what level they've gone to but in the Muslim ummah what level of fahsh and immorality and vice has crept in now just to first understand in the light of one hadith sharif that what is the consequence of this fahsh of this immorality of this vice that becomes prevalent in a community then what in a in a nation wherever what is the consequence of this so in one hadith sharif rasulullah sallallahu is reported to have said that lam tazhari al-fahishatu fi qaumin qat that never does immorality become rife among a people in other words whenever such a thing happens and to the point that hatta yu'linu biha that they just now openly get involved in so many aspects of immorality so what will become the end result illa fashafihim ta'un the result will be that plagues and illnesses will befall them illa fashafihim ta'un wal awja'u allati lam takun madad fi aslafihim alladhina madaw and such illnesses will now come upon them which their forefathers had never heard about now this is such a clear thing nabi sallallahu is explaining about plagues about illnesses and such illnesses that the whole world will be just going helter skelter to find some kind of whatever to immunize people and some vaccine for it and all the kinds of treatments but is that the solution that's fine in its place whatever to find some vaccine find some medicine no problem with that but is that the solution of the root cause no no that's the solution only for the symptom when a person goes to a doctor and he says that now i'm ill so now the doctor says okay fine for now the temperature and the fever is running very high so i'm going to give you an injection so the injection is to bring the fever down that this immediate relief from the fever but the doctor is concerned but what's causing the fever the fever is the symptom there's some underlying issue so now this vaccine will only deal with the symptom but what's the underlying issue the underlying issue we have that detail Nabi Islam has given us that detail. That detail is in our hands. We know about that detail. And among the ahadith, this very hadith is very, very clear. It is spelt out. That when Nabi Islam says, that when people will get involved in this immorality, then plagues and such illnesses will become rife, which even their forefathers had never heard about. And every other day, now this COVID-19, whatever they are calling it, who had heard about it before? let alone our forefathers we never heard about it and how many illnesses there are at this point in time in the world which our forefathers had never heard about we heard about it our children hadn't heard about it now they are hearing about something which they never heard about before so it's new things coming all the time because we're not treating the root cause the root cause is this immorality now let's again sit and think we always think about it in terms of somebody else those people are very immoral why they wearing they not even wearing any kind of uh, ijar also they wearing mini skirts and walking around in a, such a immoral state but have we also slipped towards immorality let us look at our own dressing compared to our dressing 50 years ago to the dressing of the ummah in general have we not slipped towards immorality as well what kind of the jeans and t-shirt culture we have adopted 
have we started making the distinction of indoors and outdoors? Indoors, anything goes in front of our children, our brothers, sisters, uh, whoever else will dress up like the Yahud and Nasara and feel fine about it. Is that not a degree of immorality? Then what we are watching, what we are speaking about, how we are interacting, the intermingling between males and females which is so common in weddings and whatever else goes on, the dancing that has become a kind of fashion now in weddings and young girls are being trained to go for dancing lessons before some functions. So what is this inviting? And then the immoral and filthy lifestyle which the West is pushing and many unfortunately in the Ummat are taking to these things. They are watching those kind of movies that are corrupting the minds. Any movie is haram, but this is even worse that is corrupting the minds and making people start behaving like animals. Now, all these things are becoming so prevalent in the Ummad, and then the talk of these things just becomes like, like you're talking about some other news item. It just becomes so commonplace. People just talk about it like, well, this happened and that happened. The LGBT nonsense and whatever else just becomes like another subject like people talk about. Whereas it's such disgusting aspects and it becomes such common talk and people just start talking about it like, like a very, very general topic of discussion. This is all inviting the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Now this is the part that we need to be reflecting on. So in any case, this is the starting point of Aqeedah and belief that everything happens with the will of Allah Ta'ala alone. And having firmly established that Aqeedah, thereafter on the level of means, whatever reasonable precautions have to be taken, by all means, there is no harm in that, in terms of deen, that a person within the limits of deen takes any reasonable precautions. So within the limits of deen, reasonable precautions, we have been taught about that, that is something deen itself teaches us, on the level of means. Our aqidah must be very clear, very correct, but we must not have any kind of doubt in that matter. Then together with that, we don't stop where the rest of the world stops. We look far beyond. We look very deep. We look into the Quran Sharif. We look into the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And what the clear message from the Quran and Sunnah is, that these occurrences happen, these illnesses come about, because of the actions of people, the zulm that people get involved in, the corruption, the immorality and the vice that people take on to, when these things become common, then the consequences of it become common as well. Then such illnesses come upon the Ummah, which their forefathers had never heard about. So now this is one part of this whole discussion, that we have to think about things in the light of the Quran and Sunnah, reflect in that light. But now to now take it further, in the short time that we have left, we have understood now what is the background to all these issues in the light of the Quran and Sunnah. But then what? Is that also where we stop? Just merely knowing and increasing our knowledge and having some details at hand and then we just carry on with life like nothing? No. We want a solution. The solution also has been spelt out to us. So if we want to move forward for ourselves, for our families, for the Ummah at large, then we will have to take some active steps. Undertaking these active steps will become the means of our protection, will become the means of our success. Our success and protection, what does this mean? For example, a person adopts all these aspects that will be discussed. Does it mean that 
he will never ever contract any disease for example well not necessary there was once a plague in the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab in the land of Sham in a place called Amwas so approximately 30,000 people passed away and there were many many senior sahaba very great sahaba who passed away their qubur their graves are in that it's a little hilltop and uh, there are many many graves that are still there that are preserved where it's known which sahabi is buried in this particular place these people passed away in that plague does it mean they were unsuccessful no no the person who is keeping up to deen the person who is keeping up to the commands of Allah Ta'ala if something becomes a problem in dunya that person too is living in dunya he too can get affected but for him as in one hadith Nabi Islam says that for a mu'min for a true mu'min a person who is keeping up to deen and he got caught up in a plague that's shahadat for him he'll become a shaheed but for somebody who's not keeping up to deen that's an azab so for one person it became shahadat and for somebody else it was a reminder it was a wake up call it was something to now return to Allah Ta'ala by reflecting and taking the correct steps so in any case it does not mean that a person will never ever get afflicted by any difficulty any hardship this is dunya but for the right person that will become itself a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala and if the person passed away in something like that he will become a shaheed but for others and for the rest of us we have to take this as a lesson take it as a message take it as a wake up call and come back to Allah Ta'ala now what is the way of coming back what are we supposed to do on an individual level on a collective level so very quickly just some of the points number one sincere tawbah and istighfar so long we have been hearing about all these things we've heard about it right in our doorstep but have we increased our istighfar how many times we took the time to go and make two rakats nafil at least once a day salatul tawbah make sincere tawbah make the niyat of salatul haja as well and beg Allah Ta'ala's help for protection and safety for ourselves, for our families for our extended families for our friends, for the entire ummat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for the hidayat of the entire mankind so now this is what we should have already been doing, we should have been increasing our istighfar, there's so many challenges that the ummat is facing and in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says that you start engaging in istighfar Allah Ta'ala will bring about the positive conditions, so let us make this a part and parcel of our daily ma'mool and practice now that we are going to increase our istighfar excessive istighfar sincere tawbah begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness shedding some tears of repentance and obviously in that process of tawbah what is essential is giving up the sins giving up the sins have we reflected what sins have I in my life sins pertaining to the sins of the eyes sins of the ears sins of the tongue the ghibat sins of the hand, the chatting, the pressing of those buttons which are taking to haram, the sins in terms of dressing, the sins of interaction, I'm not adopting proper shari parda, Ya Allah you forgive me, Ya Allah I'm going to now start implementing correct parda, staying away from uh, just intermingling and interacting with non-mahrams etc, taking toba from one one thing, reflecting what wrongs I have in my life, unfortunately we don't want to reflect on that, we are just wanting to continue with the flow. No, it doesn't happen like that. We have to stop and reflect and make sincere toba. Beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. So number one, sincere toba. Then number two, the solution Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif repeatedly, the solution is taqwa. Taqwa 
becoming loyal to Allah Ta'ala, becoming conscious of Allah Ta'ala's commands, and becoming loyal to Allah Ta'ala, following in the footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has spelt this out repeatedly, that those who adopt taqwa, makhraja, min la yahtasib. The one who adopts taqwa in reality, Allah Ta'ala will give him a solution out of every difficulty. And will grant him sustenance from sources he cannot imagine. min amrihi yusra. The one who adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will bring ease in his matters. In every aspect of life, to adopt taqwa. And this is the prescription of the Quran Sharif. Then the ayat of the Quran Sharif that we discussed right at the beginning, فَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا تَضَرَّعُوا That why did they not turn in earnest beseeching to Allah Ta'ala? Very humbly beseeching Allah Ta'ala. When the azab came, Allah Ta'ala is talking about the previous ummats and previous nations. When the azab came upon them and the punishment came from the side of Allah Ta'ala, they just ignored it. They just carried on. Just carrying on life without any concern. As a result, then the azab really came. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that if they made toba at that time, if they sincerely beseeched Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will have uplifted it, removed it. Now this is what we have to do. So that very humble and very earnest beseeching of Allah Ta'ala, deep down from our hearts, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, begging His help, begging His help for ourselves, for everybody else. So this is that very important thing. Now we have to dedicate time daily for this tadarru' for this very humble and deep and sincere beseeching and begging Allah Ta'ala, crying to Him, asking His help. Now this is what is the way that we are going to be able to come out of these situations. Another very important aspect in the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam hazabahu amrun badara ila salah Anything concerned Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he hastened towards Salah. Now this is obviously talking about the Nawafil, even extra Nafil, how much Nafil Nabi Salaam would perform. But the slightest concern about something, he would hasten towards the Masjid, hasten towards Salah. Unfortunately, we don't even cross our minds that I should make some Salatul Haja. I should turn towards Allah Ta'ala in Salah. So this must be given even greater importance that our Salah and perform that Salah very well and over and above the first salah and the sunnah and ghair that has to happen. We shouldn't omit that. Farz and wajib and sunnah and there is no question of leaving it out. Even the sunnah and we should not leave out. And on top of that, some nawafil daily, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness thereafter. So to turn to salah and beg Allah Ta'ala's help. Now if the whole ummah turns to salah, turns to istighfar, turns to tawbah, turns to beseeching Allah Ta'ala, so what rahmat will descend? And to what extent these issues will be uplifted? So this is what we have to now become very conscious about. And together with that is the aspect of sadaqa. Daily give some sadaqa. Sadaqa protects from bala, from calamities, from hardships, from various issues. So we need to turn to Allah wa ta'ala. We need to beg Allah ta'ala's forgiveness. And in this way, inshallah, we'll see the good that will come. May Allah wa ta'ala Accept each one's efforts. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq of making sincere toba and turning to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala protect each one. Allah Ta'ala protect the entire ummah. Remove all these illnesses and difficulties. Allah Ta'ala keep each one with afiyat. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat in our deen and in our dunya. 
وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل واقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله